With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good Friday morning. Big, big changes in the world of social media overnight. Elon Musk officially owns Twitter. It is October 28th. This is today. The richest man completes his blockbuster purchase of Twitter overnight with a tweet, the bird is free, and wastes no time reportedly firing the company's top executives. What's next for the platform and your account just ahead? Mixed messages, new data showing the U.S. economy grew in recent months, but Americans still struggling with those rising prices and nagging fears of a recession. Inside the numbers this morning. Hot Mike, the top Democrat in the Senate, caught on camera warning President Biden about the party's midterm prospects, including that tight race in Georgia. Let's see. We're in danger. Former Presidents Trump and Obama set to hit the campaign trail starting today, the very latest with just 11 days to go. All that plus Spare, the title and cover of Prince Harry's highly anticipated memoir unveiled, what he is prepared to reveal and who in the royal family might be worried this morning. We're live at Buckingham Palace today, Friday, October 28, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you with us. We got there. It's Friday morning. We're also going to break down this new data on the biggest issue on the minds of many Americans, the economy. So the economy grew, actually, for the first time this year. So what does that mean? Well, that growth doesn't tell the full story. Tom Costello has a closer look at the numbers and the impact on your bottom line. All right. We're going to begin with this big breaking news mm-hmm. overnight. Twitter. Elon Musk is now in charge. And among his first acts as CEO, a tweet that reads... The bird is freed and reportedly the firing of several top executives. Yeah, this all comes more than six months after Musk first made his $44 billion offer and a high profile back and forth with the company, including a lawsuit for a breach of contract. All right. So this morning we'll talk about what it all means for the social media giant. For you, it's nearly 400 million users. Let's get started. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez at the top for us. Hi, Gabe. Good morning. Hey, Savannah. Good morning. Our colleagues at CNBC are reporting that Elon Musk is now in charge of Twitter and top executives are out, as you mentioned. Musk had until today to complete the deal or face a court battle. It is a seismic change for the social media giant and has reignited a fierce debate over free speech on the platform just ahead of the midterm elections. This morning, billionaire Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, has taken control of Twitter, according to CNBC, which is citing unnamed sources. The deal puts him at the helm of one of the leading global social media platforms. The Tesla CEO and founder of SpaceX completing the reported $44 billion deal on the eve of a court-appointed deadline to finish his on-again, off-again bid to purchase the company. One of his first moves, CNBC reports, ousting top executives, including CEO Parah Agrawal, then tweeting late Thursday, the bird is freed, an apparent reference to the Twitter logo, 
and to the completion of the deal, changing his own Twitter handle to Chief Twit. In a hint that a deal was imminent, Musk posting this video of himself Wednesday walking into Twitter's San Francisco office carrying a porcelain sink as he entered the glass doors. Tweeting, entering Twitter headquarters, let that sink in. The Silicon Valley titan trying to placate Twitter advertisers saying he's buying the platform to help humanity and doesn't want it to become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. This comes after a long back-and-forth battle. Back in April, Musk agreed to buy Twitter for that whopping $44 billion. Well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech. Then began backpedaling out of the deal, alleging that the company failed to adequately disclose the number of spam and fake accounts on the service. Now final, this Twitter takeover, leaving many to speculate whether Musk could remove lifetime bans, including bringing back former President Trump, who was permanently banned from the site after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Though Trump has said in the past that he would probably not return if his account was reinstated. There are many questions that remain about the future of the company and whether there will be any layoffs. Twitter shares rallied ahead of the deal announcement, reaching their highest level of the year, Savannah. All right, Gabe Gutierrez leading us off. Thank you, Gabe. Let's bring in CNBC's David Faber. David, there are probably a lot of people watching going, I have Twitter. So for Mary Smith out there, are things going to be different if she's on Twitter? Is she going to have to start paying for Twitter, do you think? Not anytime soon. There will be changes without a doubt. Mr. Musk uh, will make a, a lot of changes. He's overpaying for this company, something we detailed many times during the last few months. Uh, but he clearly wants to create a lot of value there. And so, yes, there will be changes, but for somebody at home today, no. And uh, not anything along the lines of having to pay for it. He's more focused on making it actually broader in terms of who can be on the platform potentially. And uh, yesterday in a tweet, he also indicated his hopes that he's going to be able to have advertising that is much more uh, specific to the user mm-hmm. as opposed to his mm-hmm. criticism right now that you get ads that you really don't care about. Well, I mean, following this saga, and you followed it much more closely, what is this all about for Elon Musk? Yeah. I mean, he, he purchases it, then he says, no thanks, I'd like to return it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The courts step in and say, yeah, not so fast, you can't. Essentially, his hand was forced. The court was saying, you're either going to trial or you're going to go through and perform mm-hmm. the deal you agreed to. So now he bought Twitter. He did. What is, he, what is this about? Uh, well, he he loved the plat loves the platform. Obviously, is one of its by far most prolific users, uh, with over a hundred million followers. Um, so he bought a stake in it initially, Savannah. We, he wanted to go on the board and just make some changes, and then he decided, as you said, oh, I'd just like to buy the mm. entire thing. Then he had buyer's regret because he did seem to be paying a price that was far in excess of what it would be worth. Uh, and is potentially worth. But that price has been paid. To your point, he was going to go to court. It was very likely, given the contract he signed, that he was going to be forced to potentially buy this company. Uh, And he did a reversal only a few weeks ago and said, fine, I'll buy it for the agreed-upon price. Now he owns it. It's a private company, by the way. It will no longer trade on the stock exchange at the New York Stock Exchange. We won't be discussing Twitter anymore, showing the Mm -hmm. chart. But we'll still be talking about the company because it has such an important place in the discussion in the country. Just quickly at the end, the dramatics of him showing up at Twitter with a sink and then firing these guys, allegedly. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what's he trying to show by doing all of this stuff? Well, he's trying to show that it's a new day uh, and that he is in charge. Listen, you're talking about a guy who took over. Remember, people think he founded Tesla. He actually took it over when it had that little car, the Roadster, and created a company that is more than 10 or 11 times the size of GM. SpaceX, they launch, what, a rocket every six days. He's saying, hey, 
new ownership, I'm in charge, uh, and things are going to be very different. Yes, we do expect to have fewer people working there. Mm -hmm. And if you do want to work there, I think it's probably going to be that you have to be in the office because he likes the office mm -hmm. culture. But, Hoda, there's going to be a lot more changes beyond mm -hmm. that, of course, because many people do believe that over time, he will, given his incredible track record of success, be able to create a great deal of value at Twitter. Exactly how he goes about doing that yeah. is still to be determined. Okay. It'll be fascinating to watch. David Faber, for colleague from CNBC, Thanks, thank David. you for being thank here. You. We've got new data this morning, some of it positive, and reveals more about where the U.S. economy stands. Joining us with details and what it means for you, NBC's Tom Costello crunching the numbers again. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Yeah, we've got some key economic data. Let's start with the gross domestic product, the, the GDP. It actually grew in the third quarter. Now, that's good news because we had two quarters of contracting GDP. Some people thought that was a, an indicator we're in a recession. Now it's growing. Clearly not in a recession. But mortgage rates at 20-year highs. And now we've got a very big retailer warning we could be in for trouble ahead. Things are looking good. With the critical midterms less than two weeks out, President Biden is pointing to positive new numbers, showing for the first time this year the economy actually grew. The gross domestic product, or GDP, which measures goods and services, jumped 2.6% on an annual basis in the third quarter. Although it may not feel like it for everyone, people's incomes went up. But experts say that headline number does not tell the full story. With consumer spending slowing and even as disposable income has grown, savings are down. Americans contending with lingering decades-high inflation. Overall, it really paints a picture of the economy sort of treading water. We're not really backsliding, but we're not really accelerating either. One bright spot this morning, the price at the pump. Once again, trending down, now averaging $3.76 a gallon nationally. Home prices are also down, but experts say that's a result of mortgage rates now pricing out some potential buyers. The most popular mortgage rate, a 30-year fixed rate, now tops 7%, the highest in 20 years. And on Wall Street, shares for one of the largest retailers, Amazon, tumbled late Thursday. The company offering a weaker-than-expected outlook as we now head into the busy holiday season. Amazon, obviously, a bellwether as far as the consumer goes. And if you start to see Amazon retrench, that's not sending a good signal. From big to small businesses, an economic climate that requires a delicate balancing act. Jeff Hastings says his hardware shop in Raleigh, North Carolina, is prepared now to weather whatever may lie ahead. Trying to reassure them that, that we're still going to be here and that, that our little corner of the world is still going to be here to satisfy what they need. And if there's another downturn, we're going to figure out how to deal with it. Well, Tom, I mean, obviously the Federal Reserve watching all of these numbers very closely. So how does this yeah. GDP number that was positive affect whether the Fed will want to try to raise interest rates again? And we've got another uh, meeting uh, with the Federal Reserve coming next week, just a week before the elections. And we are expecting the Fed will raise rates again by another three quarters of a point. That will then be the sixth rate hike so far this year. They're really ratcheting up at a pace we haven't seen in 40 years. The hope is that maybe now we're starting to see the economy slow enough that the Fed will not have to raise rates as much in December. But we've got a lot more data to come before they can make that decision.
All right, Tom Costello, thank you very much. All week long, we've been telling you about the growing concerns over a surge in flu and COVID and respiratory illnesses. Well, now the CDC is issuing a new warning about what many communities and hospitals could face in the weeks and months ahead. NBC's Jesse, Jesse Kirsch joins us now from Cleveland. He's got more on this part of the story. Hey, Jess, morning. Hoda, good morning. Here at the Cleveland Clinic, a pediatrician tells me they are checking on bed availability every day with more and more kids showing up with respiratory issues, many of them suffering from RSV. That virus is not new, but it doesn't typically cause a problem at this time of year. And that means the healthcare system is being strained at a time when we are bracing for the potential of a triple-demic with the flu and COVID. This morning, another troubling sign of virus headaches possibly coming our way. A new CDC report analyzing Chile's influenza season says this year the flu hit earlier than would have been expected in the pre-COVID era. That warning from the southern hemisphere can help to predict what we may experience in the U.S. The sequence is out of whack, and we don't know once the dust settles what the new sequence will be or if it'll try to get back to the old sequence. Dr. Frank Esper, a pediatrician at Cleveland Clinic Children's, says pandemic-fueled unpredictability also hit his hospital system with another serious illness. We are swimming in RSV right now. The clinic normally braces for RSV in January or February, but already in late October, it's reporting a nearly 50% positivity rate in kids five and younger for its Northeast Ohio hospitals. Among those hardest hit, three-week-old Graceland Haddon, born healthy before her mom says sneezing and congestion led to trouble breathing. They rushed to the hospital where Graceland has been intubated for almost a week. He's a parent to sit here and watch that. What? Oh, that was horrific. That was horrible. No one should ever have to go through that at all. Graceland's parents warning other families to be vigilant. It changes so fast and it's scary. You don't want to wait. You don't want to wait. Thankfully, Dr. Esper says battling COVID taught his team to adapt more quickly to a patient influx. But respiratory viruses are still pressuring the healthcare system nationwide. HHS reports 75% of America's pediatric hospital beds are filled. Rhode Island, 98% occupied. Texas, 91%. Oregon, 86%. As COVID precautions have waned, bringing us back in contact with other viruses. We can see the dark clouds on the horizon, that flu is a coming. And the one thing that you can do that you can't do about RSV, you can get your flu shot. And the CDC report says the flu vaccine likely helped stop the virus from spreading further in Chile, where thankfully the report says we saw fewer hospitalizations this year compared to the 2017 through 2019 seasons. And again, a recommendation from doctors here. If you're a parent, trust your gut and potentially consider being more cautious heading toward Halloween and the holidays when so many people are expected to be getting together. Hoda. All right, Jesse Kirsch for us there in Cleveland. Jesse, thank you. 11 days to go. The midterm elections are in the home stretch now, and candidates are making that final push to win over voters. Two former presidents will be joining them on the national campaign trail today. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander with the latest on that. Peter, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. Rarely do we get a real assessment where party leaders see the state of the race. But that was the case during a hot mic moment on the tarmac in New York yesterday. President Biden today returns to his native state, Pennsylvania, with Vice President Kamala Harris to try to help secure that state's crucial Senate seat. And tomorrow he will vote early in Delaware, joining his granddaughter, Natalie, who is voting for the first time as polls show inflation remains voters' top concern.
In Pennsylvania, what could be the Senate majority maker? Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz's race going down to the wire. Overnight, Fetterman, fresh off his shaky debate performance following a stroke, insisting he'll be much better in the new year. I rely on the judgment on real doctors, not a, a, a fake uh, doctor like Dr. Oz that has spent his entire campaign you know, ridiculing it. The political pressure facing Democrats picked up on a hot mic Thursday on the tarmac in upstate New York. Hey. Senate leader Chuck Schumer giving President Biden a candid assessment of the state of the Pennsylvania race. Looks like the debate didn't hurt us as much in Pennsylvania. The president gesturing with fingers crossed, later delivering a pointed message, touting economic gains and warning voters what he says Republican control of Congress would mean. They're determined to cut Social Security and Medicare and they're willing to take down the economy over it. But Republicans blame the president and Democrats for skyrocketing prices. We've watched what one party control has done to this nation. Inflation we haven't seen in 41 years. With just a week and a half to go, both sides are now rushing in reinforcements like former presidents Trump and Obama. Mr. Trump announcing new rallies in four states, while Mr. Obama is starring in a new campaign ad in crucial Pennsylvania. When the fate of our democracy and a woman's right to choose are on the line, Vote Democrat. Before hitting four states in five days, beginning today in Georgia, to help boost Senator Raphael Warnock, a race Senator Schumer on that tarmac appeared to express doubts about. Warnock is facing a challenge from Republican Herschel Walker, who is denying an allegation from a second anonymous woman who says Walker pressured her to have an abortion in the early 90s. We can't stay asleep at the wheel. They are sneaky people. They are sneaky right now. They will lie to you. And there in Georgia, voters are shattering early voting records for a midterm election. More than 1.1 million people have already cast their ballots, most of them in person. That is nearly a half million more votes than at this point in 2018. The signs of the season, the midterms, and the White House leaf blower. Savannah Hoda. Yes, uh, <laughs> both in full force this morning, Peter. Thank you. Uh, let us get our first check of the weather. Mr. Roker's got the Friday feeling. Hey, we all do, and let's show you what we've got going on. Some strong storms, not feeling great in central Texas. Dallas down to Austin, we're watching these storms. In fact, we've got a risk for severe weather today. Wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour. Tornadoes possible. Damaging hail from Houston to Corpus Christi tomorrow. That moves to the east to the lower Mississippi River Valley with those same wind gusts. A low tornado risk, so that's good news. We're going to watch this storm system pushing down into Texas. Heavy rain, the risk of flash flooding, a real possibility. Tomorrow that system moves up into the mid-Mississippi River Valley. Strong storms from Louisiana on into Alabama. On Sunday it spreads into the Ohio River Valley with the heaviest rain from Georgia to Kentucky. And then on Halloween this system makes its way up into the Ohio River Valley and the Northeast. A chance of rain stretching from Buffalo, Cincinnati, New York, down to Raleigh. A little rain for the trick-or-treat Rainfall amounts generally heaviest down through Texas, where we could save that localized heavy flooding. But we are also looking at heavier rainfall amounts as we get into Memphis and the mid-Mississippi River Valley. And that is your latest weather, mm -hmm. guys. Thank you, Thanks, Mr. Roker. Great job in Florida yesterday. Yes, Still ahead this morning, here it is. Prince Harry's much-anticipated memoir it now has a title, a cover, and a release date. And a lot of intrigue. Keir Simmons, a lot of the royal family is going to be watching this one closely.
That's right, we now know the book is called Spare, but beyond that, Savannah, nobody in there has a clue what's going to be in it. Coming up, we'll try and read the very British tea leaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Kira. And then we're going to get you ready for Halloween so you can enjoy trick-or-treating or a weekend of parties and haunted houses as safely as possible. Vicki, she's got tips for people of all ages. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, 7.30. This is a sneak peek at today's Friday Morning Lights de destination. That's Creekview High School, y'all. The Grizzlies in Canton, Georgia. We are going to show off this school and this school spirit coming up Yay. in our Friday morning lights. Happy they got up at the crack of dawn for I us. I know. It's such a pretty sight. The sunrise. Yeah. And this will be a big night in Georgia. We'll yeah. talk about that. Chanel joins us morning. on assignment. Morning. morning, everybody. Okay, let's check your 730 headlines on this Friday. Residents of a condo building in Miami Beach were ordered to evacuate last night after the building was deemed structurally unsafe. People who live in the Port Royal condo were told to leave immediately. The building is undergoing a 50-year recertification, and an engineer found problems with a concrete beam in the garage level. That building is located less than two miles from the site of last year's condo collapse in Surfside. That killed 98 people. Um, some frightening moments on board a flight in Paraguay when the plane threw, flew through a severe storm. Passengers, they captured the tense situation on their cell phones. You could see lightning flashing right outside the windows. The LATAM Airlines flight was forced to make an emergency landing Wednesday, right smack in the middle of that hailstorm. You can see all the damage there. The tip of the plane's nose was shattered. The windshield had cracks in it, too. Thankfully, though, nobody was hurt. Hawaii officials are warning residents of the Big Island that the world's largest active volcano, Mauna Loa, is sending signals that it may erupt. Scientists say they're on alert because of a recent spike in earthquakes at the volcano's summit. Experts say it would take just a few hours for lava to reach homes closest to vents on the volcano, which last erupted back in 1984. Officials are holding meetings across the island to educate residents about how to prepare for a possible emergency. All right, also this morning, we are learning a lot about one of the most highly anticipated memoirs in many years. Prince Harry's Tell All now has a title, Spare and a cover set to be released in January. The question now, what exactly will it reveal and how will it impact the rest of the royal family? NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, is on the story at Buckingham Palace. Keir, good morning. <laughs> 
Hey Savannah, hey guys, good morning to you. January 10th is the publication date. D-Day, you could call it, for what may be the most explosive thing to hit the royal family since, well, since the last time I stood here. It's pretty windy outside Buckingham Palace here today, guys. Feels like a storm is coming. The cover, a close-up of Prince Harry, with a title that already appears provocative. Spare is clearly a reference to heir and spare, suggesting Harry was seen as less important than his brother William. With its raw, unflinching honesty, says the publisher, Penguin Random House, Spare is a landmark publication full of insight, revelation, self-examination and hard-won wisdom about the eternal power of love over grief. How much is Harry going to reveal, not about his own emotions and his own mental health problems or therapy, but really about the rest of the family? The fact that we know Charles and William aren't expecting to see advanced copies of the book. They're going to have to get through Christmas not knowing what's ahead of them. The book is expected to cover Harry's whole life, his childhood, his time in the military, becoming a husband and father, with Harry donating his proceeds to some of his favourite charities. This moment, 12-year-old Prince Harry walking to his mother, Princess Diana's funeral, is where the book begins, according to the publisher, taking readers immediately back to one of the most searing images of the 20th century. Two young boys, two princes, walking behind their mother's coffin as the world watched in sorrow and horror. But this morning, one of many concerns among senior royals will be that another woman, Camilla, now Queen Consort, will also feature heavily. Camilla and those around her have spent many, many years now rehabilitating her in the eyes of the British public. There is a concern now that all that effort perhaps is about to be undone. The hope had been that bridges built after the death of the Queen, those stunning, if a little awkward minutes, when William and Kate, Harry and Meghan greeted crowds together and King Charles' television address. I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas. Might have had a soothing effect for Harry, the publisher says today. This is his story at last. Well, Keir, obviously a lot changed since he first announced the book, including the death of the Queen. Do we know whether that had any impact on what ultimately ends up in the book? We don't know, uh, Savannah. There's so much uh, that we don't know. We don't know why the book is being published in January, missing out on that uh, lucrative holiday buying season. Is that out of respect to the Queen? Is that because uh, Harry wanted changes? Savannah, the New York Times today uh, citing uh, publishing sources saying that on a number of occasions, Harry had cold feet. Savannah, it is all uh, shrouded in mystery. I suspect Harry likes it that way. All right, here, thank you very much. All right, coming up, another Harry in the spotlight, Harry Styles on Popstart. We have to talk about his transformation into a merman for his newest music video. Yeah, but first, your guide to Halloween, all the treats and no tricks. Hey, good morning, guys. It's a fall favorite Halloween. From trick-or-treating to haunted houses, I'm Vicki Wynn with a look at how to keep the festivities fun and injury-free. That's next on Today.
Uh, we're back 740 with today's Consumer Confidential. Halloween coming up on Monday, and this year's festivities are expected to be bigger than ever. It keeps getting bigger yeah. and bigger. NBC Senior Consumer Investigative Correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with your guide for fun and safe celebrations. Hi, Vicki. Hi, good morning, ladies. Yeah, it's big because we are dying to get out there and celebrate Halloween almost here, and it means a lot of ghosts and goblins will be out on the streets after dark. To save you and your family from any serious scares, I teamed up with a former NY PD detective for a safety refresher for trick-or-treaters of all ages. Halloween is back bigger than ever. This season, consumers are expected to spend a record $10.6 billion on Halloween. That's up from $10.1 billion last year. Candy, costumes, thrills, and chills. To make sure we get all the treats without any of the tricks, I have with me Mike Sapriconi. He's a former NYPD detective and now president of Squad Security. Mike, good to have you here. Thank you. Always a pleasure to join you. Let's talk about the big takeaways when it comes to Halloween safety. I think we should look at the age groups. We should worry about children, teenagers, and adults, and basically be vigilant, uh, stay in groups, and just use common sense. First on the common sense checklist, make sure the kids are visible when they're out at night. Okay, Mike, I have my girls. They're in their costumes. Give us a refresher on what we need to remember before we head out to trick-or-treat. Perfect. Your girls, you look great. So an uh, important thing is you don't have a mask on, which is really important. I always get nervous with masks. You block your vision, your hearing, hard to breathe. When you have a great white costume on so we can see you a little better in the dark. Yours is a bit darker, so I like these glow sticks. And now we see you a little better, so mom and dad can always kind of keep an eye on you. He says anything that's glowing or well lit, like these candy buckets, will help drivers see your kids. Federal data shows Halloween is one of the deadliest nights of the year on the road because of the mix of pedestrians and more drunk drivers. So if you're behind the wheel on Halloween night, what should you do, Mike? This is the one night you should be extra vigilant. I would turn the radio off, mm -hmm. put my phone on airplane mode, and I would go under the speed limit in residential areas. It's dark, there's kids running and crossing the street. Yeah. Just be extra vigilant, be careful. And go extra slow. Always go extra slow. When it comes to decorations, Mike says keep them clear of windows and security cameras. Mike, a lot of people like to go all out with the Halloween decorations. What's the safety tip here? Great decorations, they look terrific, but always concerns me if something's blocking your vision so you can see who's coming to your door or standing in your backyard. Okay, so she's gotta move. Definitely has to go. That's a much better spot for us. We're all dressed up. We've got our lighting. We're ready to go trick-or-treating. What's the safest way to do it, Mike? You should always have an adult or a parent with the children. They should go with them. They should think about seeing houses that are lit up mm -hmm. where there are Halloween things out there and go with his friends and family, people you know. Is there any age when we can start letting them go on their own by themselves? I, I don't like any age where you should go by yourself. I always think it's good to keep track of the kids and somebody be with them and watching them. The Nextdoor app has a treat map so you can see which houses are giving out treats and even plan your route. And a little neighborly planning can go a long way. Some communities have candy stations so kids don't have to go door to door or car free streets. While the stories of candies laced with drugs or dangerous items being passed out on Halloween are mostly myths, it's always a good idea to check through your kid's stash anyway, especially if they have any sorts of allergies. All right, guys, these look pretty good. You ready? You want them? Yes. Here you go. And look for these teal pumpkins. They mean that house is handing out allergy-friendly treats. For older kids going to haunted houses, Mike says go in a group. Avoid if too crowded. Once inside, look around and know where the exits are and leave the little ones at home. They could get hurt, they could get lost. 
For Halloween parties, go in groups. Make sure a friend knows your location or plans. Never accept drinks from strangers or leave your beverage unattended. If you're drinking, leave the driving to a designated driver or use a rideshare. Mike, as always, thanks for the great tips. Cheers. Well, thank you. Have a great Halloween, and don't tell the kids we took their candy. Never. All right, and Vicki, inflation obviously is another concern for yeah. people this Halloween. Do you have some tips to help save money for that? Get on the internet. It's so easy. If you search cheap or creative Halloween costume mm -hmm. ideas, there are things you can do with stuff that's in your house right now, I promise. Mm -hmm. We'll have some ideas tomorrow on weekend today. And the other thing is go on Facebook Marketplace or your next door app. See if there are costume swaps in your neighborhood or decoration swaps, oh, which smart. is good for the environment and for your wallet. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Thank, Thank you, Vicki. Vicky. And if you want more tips, you can go to today.com slash Halloween. We were cool. just daydreaming about our Halloween past know, on the true. Today Show. Um, and we have to say, like, yeah. you know, we do it up here. We, we really do. work on Carson it. Carson calls it the Today Show Prom. It yeah. is. It's Today Show Prom or Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> and so, listen, please come with us Monday morning. Come along. We have a big reveal. What is the theme going to be this year? What could it be? We can't wait to share with you with <laughs> what we've come up with. Uh, but if you were in the area, come. Are we Get dressed up. Don't zoom in on that. <laughs> Come to the plaza. We got surprises and some really unforgettable moments. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Who could we be now? I know. Who uh -huh. could we be now? Anyway. Uh, thank you very much. I have to stop there. Otherwise, we have to pay for that. Uh, we're looking at pleasant weather today. Eastern third of the country going to be gorgeous. We do have strong storms, though, down through Texas. Those will be moving into the lower Gulf Coast over the next 24 hours. Some coastal rain in the Pacific Northwest. Otherwise, some partly cloudy to sunny skies from the plains into the southwest. And that is your latest weather. Guys, should we give one hint of what we're going to be? No. No? Not one? No. No. Okay. no. It's, no. I, I said, no. People, it's no. Friday. We're we screamed in our This ears. is our last moment. Okay, okay. All right, coming up next, what would Halloween be without a conversation about ghosts? You won't believe how many Americans say that they are living with ghosts. Oh. Coming up right after this. Getting ghosted. <laughs> no, that's different. That's new. Yes. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. and Jacob Sofroff to get you into the Halloween spirit. Hey, Good morning, you guys. So like a recent study found that about half of Americans believe their house is haunted what? by ghosts. Yes, half. And get this, about a third said they've actually seen something paranormal on their security cameras. And actually, to be more specific, they said okay. they have witnessed a disembodied face oh, on their home no. security camera Wait, what? footage. Yeah. 
Maybe because wow. we're home more. Do you think it's... That is exactly what they It's a study. During the pandemic, okay. people were home more. They were worried more about this. So what do you think? Do you guys believe in haunted houses? I mean, I do hear I noises think, above sometimes. I think there but, might be spirits sometimes, yeah. I wonder. Sure. You know, well, you, no. have you ever heard something? No, that, I don't no. believe in it, but don't be mad at me, ghosts. That's why I said it. I feel that way, too, Savannah. I don't want to be proven wrong, but I don't Exactly. I don't... But have you ever had a sound or a light and you're like, that? What is that? What is that? What is that? Oh, is it that was terrifying. You see something yeah. out of the corner of your yeah. eye? Yeah. Like, what, what was that? What is it Nothing's, grown up? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm surprised the number is so high. I yeah. got you 40, half the people. Half the people half watching, people. so no. All right. There you go. Okay, Just guys, brace bits. yourselves. We're about to get up close and personal with one of the NFL's most loyal fan bases, the Bills Mafia, after this.